Welcome to the Council Chair Leadership Series, Information and Strategies to Lead Effectively, a national training program for people who have been elected or appointed to serve in the position of chair for their state or territory council on developmental disabilities. The ITAC is funded by the Administration for Community Living, Office of Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. We work together to support a national network of state and territory DD councils to enhance their leadership, improve outcomes and impacts, and ensure compliance is met. On this episode, you will hear from a chairperson executive director team. They will discuss strategies and tips to develop a strong working relationship with each other, roles and responsibilities for the chair and director, and share information about shared responsibilities. My guests today are Jonna Breland and Daryl Powell. Together, they represent the leadership for the Alabama Council on Developmental Disabilities. Jonna as chair and Daryl as the executive director. Jonna serves as a parent member on the council and is the mother of 13 children, Baker's dozen, 12 of which have developmental, intellectual, and or medical disabilities. Jonna has been a strong vocal advocate for people with DD and their families for over 30 years but also advocates for foster and adoptive families. Jonna's leadership roles span local, state, and national appointments. Jonna's highly skilled in preparing for and leading board and council meetings, conflict resolution, and consensus building. Jonna is also an accomplished pianist with a resume that spans city ballet companies and symphonies and currently serves as her church musical director. Daryl began, began his service as executive director of the Alabama Council on Developmental Disabilities in 2019. He has extensive experience in human service programs for youth and continues to serve as a team leader and peer reviewer for the Council on Accreditation. Daryl serves on a wide variety of state committees and is also on a board of directors for a national disability organization. Thank you guys for being here today. I'm so excited both of you could join us to share your advice, thoughts, and ideas about how chairs can develop a strong working relationship with each other. Thank you for having us. Thank you, thank you. You know, I've heard people say that a council chairperson's partnership with the executive director is the most important relationship they will have during their term of service. What are your thoughts on that, Jonna? Um, I think that's very true, although I will interject that I think uh, a council member's participation with not only the chair, but with the director is also extremely important. We wanna make sure their voice is heard and make them understand this is generally everything we do is a full council decision. So they definitely need to be a part of it, but certainly the relationship between the chair and the executive director is, is a very important relationship to see that things run smoothly and that we all are working for a common goal. Well, you know, you make it sound easy, but I wonder if there's just a key ingredient to making that partnership work well. Um, I think, in my opinion, there's probably about three key ingredients that I, I can think of. One is obviously communication. 
And that means listening, um, not going in with any kind of hidden agendas, uh, realizing that we're all on the same page, mutual respect for each other, uh, for our positions, for our knowledge, for our expertise, for our lived experiences uh, on both sides. And then I think one of the main things that uh, for all council members to remember, but particularly for the chair and the executive director is realizing that at the end of the day, we're all working towards a common goal. Oh, that's excellent. That's great. Um, you know, Daryl, it looks like you and the council have really benefited from having a chair that's focused on the success of the council. We certainly do. We we we, we excited about having a chair like Ms. Jonna. And um, you know, when I first began the the um, serve as executive director, Jonna made sure that we communicated regularly. Um, she respected me. She respected my role. She trusted me. Um, to follow up with, you know, the decisions that the um, council made. So that that trust, that respect, it really helps build a strong foundation for a great team uh, with the chair and the executive director. Oh, man, that is great. You know, a lot of our chairs really want to know, are there some strategies that they can use to develop a strong working relationship with their director? Um, I know, Jonna, you mentioned communication. Can you share a few tips on that another chair, a new chair, or even a chair who's been in service for a while maybe just needs to hear about again? Well, certainly when it comes to communication, I think just uh, being available to each other uh, to either talk in, in person whenever possible. And generally for um, Daryl and myself, the in-person comes at our regular meetings and uh, at certain conferences and things because we live in very different parts of the state. I'm about three hours away from Daryl, uh, but we speak by phone, we speak by text, uh, we speak by email, and we do that on a pretty regular basis. Something else that has been very beneficial for us, and I realize this may not be true for everybody, everyone's personalities are different and I respect that, but Daryl and I have been very comfortable in sharing personal phone numbers, um, personal emails. Um, as a volunteer, I'm not sitting in an office, so you're probably not going to catch me on email, you know, during the day like I might be if I was in an office. So he knows he can text me and just quickly say, Jonna, do you have a moment to talk or when can we speak? And then I can just text right back and say, I'm free right now or it's going to be a couple of hours and we, we get back together. So it may be outside of office hours. Uh, I try not to abuse that and I feel like he doesn't as well, but sometimes that's the easiest way for us to actually talk is after hours. Again, I realize everybody does not feel comfortable doing that and I will respect that, but for us, it seems to work very well. Um, I would say on an average uh, week, we probably talk at least texting probably two to three times a week. When we're getting closer to our council meetings, we talk much more often than that because we'll go over agendas uh, and I think we're going to be discussing some of the things that we do talk about as we go along, um, but again, uh, just being me being open to him and him being open to myself and being respectful of each other's times, I think that makes a huge difference in how we communicate. Daryl, what are your thoughts on the communication between you and the chair? Well, as you can see, listen to Jonna, you know, we really lead by example. You know, as the two key leaders um, for the council, it's very important to show that we are unified. You know, we work together. And we are on the same page and that's in all types of settings. So that's that's huge. Um, and even with meeting with the governor, um, our agency heads, um, talking to policymakers, 
um, working with council members, um, council committees. So the whole nine yards, we just really show a united effort with our team, um, John and I. Well, I can see how that great communication really helps you guys feel comfortable, know what 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 front united front you're going to present to everybody. And I can really see how that foundation of respecting each other and trusting each other um, to move the work of the council forward in a partnership can really serve as a great model of behavior for everybody else, not just your council members, but everybody the council really comes comes into contact with. Um, you know, other chairs have really talked about, uh, you know, the five-year plan right. and how, you know, all councils develop a five-year plan. Is there a way to use the five-year plan um, as a strategy to really develop that, further develop the working relationship with each other? Yes, um, really, you know, with the with the five-year plan, we used our, our plan and, and all councils should use that plan as a guide. And I often refer to it as our blueprint, so to speak. It helps us to, John and I, to, to uh, develop council meeting, council meeting genders, um, identify decisions that the council needs to make, also helps us to, to know uh, when committees have work that needs to be done. Um, and it really, it guides our work, our policy work as, as a whole, as a council. Jana? I was to say, I agree with that completely. And I also think that in our case, particularly, it shows a real strength and a lack of ego uh, on Daryl's part. Again, I know we're a relatively small council staff-wise. We're one of the larger councils people-wise, but staff-wise, we're relatively small. And again, this may not be as conducive to some councils, but in our council, particularly with our five-year plan, Daryl uh, is very quick to make sure that everybody in the staff is involved with our meetings, um, that they can give us the answers that we need. They feel like they're connected with us and that in turn makes the council feel like they're connected to the entire staff. Uh, whether it's financial questions that we might have, then Felicia's the one that we, we generally go to. And it's not to say that Daryl can't answer every question we've got generally, but he, he lets us know, this is kind of what this staff person does and I want them to be a part of the process. Holly tends to go over the the day to day of how the contracts are doing and where we're moving along with them. Melissa tends to be the oversight to make sure we're sticking with that five year plan and that our RFPs reflect that. So I really appreciate that. That allows us to know staff and know that again we're all working for a common goal, and because of that, I think people have more ownership. Um, particularly when you have relatively new council members coming on board, they may feel a little overwhelmed and they don't understand where all this is coming from. But if you can show that everybody's working together and this is how the process comes together and what these five-year plans look like and to make them understand that they are an integral part of those five-year plans as well as getting public input from around the state. Again, I just think that makes people feel more like this is, this is truly a collaborative effort. Thanks, Jonna. Daryl, do you have some thoughts? Certainly. Um, you know, as a team, we found that, you know, when we keep our state plan in front of the council, you know, they everyone can see short-term uh, short successes as well as the overall progress being made on our um, five-year plan. So, wow, so that's a really great strategy. I know other councils can benefit from that. 
you know, I, I think about, so we've got some really concrete working, uh, you know, how to use some of our, our tools and our plan to really help the relationship move forward. But then we talk about relationship building. Um, Jonna, do you have a few relationship building strategies? And then Daryl, I want you to weigh in as well. Um, some of them go back to some of the things we've already talked about a little bit. Um, obviously, the communication, the mutual respect. And I, I really do feel like that's a, a big one. Uh, because unfortunately, I think sometimes, and I, I've not witnessed this personally, I've been very pleased that I haven't through the years, but I think sometimes chairs, um, you know, they're generally appointed by the governor, or at least they are in our state. And so sometimes people may come in there with a bit of a, an ego, this is going to look great on my resume. Um, and I'm sure that occasionally happens with executive directors too. This is a step for them onto something maybe bigger and better. But I think if you can remember, again, what we're all doing this for, then you can put those egos away. Um, I know here in the state of Alabama, Daryl will probably be the first to say he's not going to be a millionaire doing this job. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and as a council chair, it's totally a volunteer position. So, you know, my husband often asks when I do on certain boards, do you get paid for this one? I'm like, no, dear, don't get paid for this one. So there's got to be a reason you do it. And I, I would like to think that all chairs and executive directors, as well as all council members, are doing it for the betterment of the lives of the individuals and the families that we're serving. Um, so I think I think that's one of those kind of intangible things. But just, again, moving moving those egos out of the way and remembering that we're all working for this common goal. Yeah. And just adding on to what John said, you know, we are mission driven. You know, if our chairs and EDs can hold each other accountable for, you know, to to uphold the mission, then we help maintain the focus of the, you know, just the working relationship with each other. You know, and, and I know we've mentioned, you know, kind of leading by example, but, you know, accountability can build a powerful culture, you know, a powerful culture norm throughout the council, any council. And, and when members see us holding each other accountable, you know, they may do that as well. Oh, that's a great point, Daryl. I know leading by example, sometimes you don't really see it very quickly, but you can certainly tell when people have you guys as a model that they then think, oh, maybe this is what's expected. So I love those strategies. Thanks so much for sharing those with us. And if I can Let, kind of piggyback mm -hmm. off of what Daryl just said, I think that leading by example is hugely important, not only for, for us to keep us transparent and accountable. But just like you said, Cheryl, I think it really helps the other council members uh, because I think I, I don't want any council member to ever think, well, Jonna's running the council or, um, you know, Daryl's running Jonna. It, it's not that way. And I want the council to always know that this is a council. They are making the decisions. Uh, Daryl may go back and say, this is the direction I think we need to go in in order to get what you want. But the council should always feel free to be able to talk to the chair about any issues, concerns, uh, things they think are important. Uh, and they also have the right to talk to the director at any point in time. And they have a right to talk to the director if they feel like their chair is not listening or not doing as they've asked. So I think that's really important for the transparency to be there so the council feels empowered as well. Oh, that's great points, Jonna. Uh, I know I appreciate you bringing that up because you know, we we know that 
individual council members have no power, that it is a collective power, it is a group, um, everything gets done by consensus, by majority. So um, I, I do appreciate those thoughts. Can we shift our focus to roles, tasks, and points of view? Um, we do have a lot of council chairs that want to really understand, you know, what does the council do and what is the what does the staff do? And then they want to know, well, let's go a little bit deeper. So I'd love to, um, Donna, if you could tell us what the primary role of the council is, that would be fantastic. Um, as a council chair, I see my position as kind of the governance of the body, uh, particularly during our meetings. Um, and for us, I'm assuming most councils do this, but here in Alabama, we definitely go by Robert Rules of Order. So it's, it's my job to, to keep us in line with that, um, to make sure that discussions are open, transparent, everybody gets uh, to say what they feel like needs to be said, but also one, keeping it very respectful, uh, and two, keeping it as positive as possible and moving the, the meetings forward. Um, just being real honest, we know that there's always going to be people on the council that are very, very passionate about what they believe in. A lot of us have had personal experiences that we want to bring forward and we would like to have, have things been done a little differently. And that's fine. There's a place for that when we start trying to make sure what our five-year plan is and what our RFPs look like. But we can't let somebody hijack the entire meeting. We have to keep things moving forward. So I feel like that's a major part of what I do. When it comes to the meetings themselves, that's usually a joint collaboration between Daryl and myself as far as what the meeting agenda needs to look like. We also always have public comments. I'm assuming most councils do that. Again, that would be where um, I would make sure that that person has an opportunity to, to speak, but there's usually a limited time because again, we don't want to get off on tangents. We need to be respectful of everyone's time and commitment to the council. Um, so that, and, and again, if there, if there ever were a situation where a council member feels like they've been disrespected or the, the director's not listening to them or a staff member is not, if they come to me, then I feel like I can go to Daryl and we can try to mediate. Uh, I will be um, glad to say that that has happened very, very few times in the past, and it has not happened at all during Daryl's tenure here. Um, but that would be something that I would I would feel like um, they, they might could come to me and ask for some help or some mediation. But that's I feel like that's the main roles uh, as the council chair. Absolutely. Daryl, um, can you talk about the primary role of staff? Certainly. You know, the staff primary goal is really to, to help the executive director implement the direction that the council has given, that provided. In other words, the director is, is responsible for making things happen and along with the help of the staff, the rest of the staff. So it all is a team approach, staff, Absolutely. director, as well as the council. Jonna, you mentioned governance. Can you tell us a little bit more about just what is governance? Well, like I said, in our council, we go by Robert's Rules of Order. So we use that as our guideline. Um, and again, just pretty much what I, I mentioned before, as far as just keeping the move, the, the meetings in a, in a positive 
and forward moving way. And then also to go along with what uh, Daryl was saying, make sure that our discussions as much as possible fit into our five-year plan. If we go off on a tangent that is not along those plans, it's not to say that their, their input is not important. And we may remind them that although this may not be a part of this year's plan, table that and we may bring it up when we start doing our next five-year plan. Or is there any way we can incorporate part of your idea into our plan right now. So we definitely want everybody's input for our RFP process on what uh, what we um, what contracts that that we do uh, employ, and then uh, again with what Daryl was saying, the staff keeps us on track to make sure that we are implementing those plans, and that if we are getting sidetracked or we're not quite meeting the mark when they talk to the federal folks, that uh, they can kind of guide us back. And then as chair, it's my uh, I would think it would be part of my responsibility to convey that to the board. And again, just really emphasizing these are board decisions. This is not the executive committee. This is not Jana. This is not Daryl. This is a consensus among the board. And while we not, not always agree on everything, uh, again, I know I keep saying this, but I feel it's so important. We have to respect each other's ideas and we have to be respectful of each other's ideas. And then we move forward. Absolutely. So it sounds like governance is really wrapped around planning and leadership of the whole council program yes. and that counts all council members then do that. Um, Daryl, can you talk about, um, you know, I know you mentioned the executive director puts into motion what the council's decision is, but sometimes I, I think I've heard it kind of mentioned as management. Um, so can you further explain a little bit? Yes, um, the executive director really is responsible for the daily management of the council program and staff, um, which basically is the day-to-day -day operations of the council program. So me and the staff deliver on what, you know, has been planned by the council. And, and then we put those council decisions into motion. Oh, okay. So governance then becomes the what the council is going to do. And then management is the how. Yeah making all of those decisions happen. Cool. Um, are there some helpful points? You know, we, we often talk about, well, I have a point of view and you have a point of view, but are there some helpful viewpoints that you can offer a chair, at Jonna, and then at, to an executive director, Daryl? Jonna? Um, I think Daryl mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but keeping that mission in front of us. We have a mission statement, keeping that in front of us and making the council members aware of that mission statement. And as years progress, if that mission statement needs to be modified in any way, that's a council decision. They can put their thoughts in, in uh, into that. Um, because I think that's, again, if we're all gonna be working for a common good, then we need to know what that mission statement says. And for the most part, I think if, if people do that, then they will pull themselves back from personal experiences quite so much as the good of the whole council and the good of the people and families that we're serving. Uh, and if we can just keep that in the forefront of our minds, um, then I think you usually have a very good working relationship, not only with your executive director and their staff, but with your entire council. Yeah. So from the chair's point of view, are you more member focused? 
you know, when when we're looking at points of view, I, I you know, I'm wondering if your focus is more member based focused rather than telling how the director how to do their job and right. things like that. Not, exactly. No, I do not feel like that I need to tell you know, Daryl, how to do his job. He's obviously very competent and uh, we wouldn't have hired him if we didn't feel that way. I mean, that's just to be honest, we wouldn't have. So I have, you know, full trust in him. If I ever have a question about something, um, that's again, that's that open line of communication. I do not feel at all intimidated to go to Daryl and say, uh, I thought we were moving in this direction. Why are we doing this? Or I thought this contract was moving forward, but now you're telling me they can't do it. Explain that to me. Uh, there's never been any time where I felt uncomfortable talking to Daryl about anything. And I, I hope that he's never felt uncomfortable talking to me about anything. So in that sense, I do feel like probably I'm more member focused. Um, uh, like I said, we have one of the larger councils member wise. So, uh, Sometimes, yes, you feel like you're kind of herding cats sometimes to get everybody <laughs> around the table. But I will say that I do feel like our council is is run very smoothly. I do think our council is very respectful. And again, I think um, when we get down to it, everybody realizes what we're doing this for and why we're doing it. Uh, and people do kind of leave their personal agendas to the side. Now, that's not to say that after the meeting's over and you're eating dinner, people are not going to bring things up. And that's OK. We get a lot of things done during networking. I think that's very important as well. And I want to make sure that my council members feel a part of things and feel like that this council, uh, for lack of a better word, is a family. This is a support system for them. Uh, you know, we're going through a lot of the same things. It's also a great time to be able to talk to those agency people that you don't normally get a chance to do, um, that you get to sit down and talk to that protection advocacy. You get to talk to your USAID and understand what their roles are. Um, so, yes, I, I do feel like I'm more, uh, for lack of a better word, overseeing the members. I do not feel like in any way I need to dictate to Daryl or any of the staff on how to do their job. And Daryl, for the executive director, um, can you share um, a helpful viewpoint? Yes. Um, for the executive director, it's really not about the executive director. So you must maintain a focus to just on managing the council program. Um, the director is staff focused, you know, and he or she does not control or make any decisions for the chair or the council. Okay, well, that's that's pretty clear. It sounds like partnership, collaboration respect and trust are really the keys to very strong working relationships. It also sounds like there's a wonderful opportunity for shared responsibilities as well. Um, John, do you have a few you can think of off the top of your head? As far as shared res uh, responsibilities between Daryl and myself, well, as I mentioned before, uh, we generally come up with the agenda together. Um, we review RFPs together. We come up with those, not just us. Uh, we have our program planning committee that definitely weighs in on that. And then the full council ultimately uh, votes on which RFPs they want to move forward with. So it is a collaborative thing. But Daryl and I do work closely trying to kind of format those RFPs. Uh, although staff does a wonderful job with that as well. It's not something that Jonna sits down and writes out. I can give ideas and input, discuss what those committee meetings were about, although Daryl always sits in on our committee meetings, um, but but we work collaboratively on that. Um, 
other shared responsibilities, I think uh, Daryl's also mentioned when we've had different meetings come up, whether it's with legislators or with the governor, he always uh, tells me about those. I participate whenever I can. Um, like I said, we do live three hours apart, so it's not always possible for me to be there in person, although I try to whenever possible, uh, particularly pre-COVID. Um, since COVID, of course, we've done a lot of online things. Uh, another kind of neat thing that has 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 come between Daryl and my um, relationship on this council is that we have found out that our interests merge in lots of other areas. So we also sit on some other boards together uh, and that that works really well because we can see other viewpoints and other things that affect our loved ones that we can bring back to the council with our experiences. Um, so again, it's just a really good working relationship. And, and I don't want anybody that's watching this podcast to think, oh, well, John is just saying all these nice and flowery things. And, you know, she really doesn't mean it. I really do. I'm, uh, as Cheryl said, I've been doing this for over 30 years. Um, I'm not going to say anything that I don't believe in. I get emotional. Um, but I think Daryl's done an extremely good job. Perfect. Daryl, um, your thoughts on shared responsibility? I'm gonna try not to be emotional on that, but yes, um, you know, uh, when we uh, when we both share uh, responsibility, we really also share outcomes. You know, for example, the five-year plan, which impacts, you know, many, many, and we talk about how we reach our goals and how we reach our objectives, how we achieve our objectives. Um, it provides a really clear picture of how our people and families are impacted. So we also have outcomes in council growth um, through the members, having a diverse perspective and lived experience helps us all to understand the needs of the development of disability community. So ultimately, you know, we have a very, very um, healthy, highly functioning council through council membership, council engagement, because we really work together in a unified, you know, very unified way. Well, that is Obvious. Um, if anybody doesn't get the that the power of being having a very uh, strong working relationship that's built on mutual trust and respect, um, you guys model that behavior beautifully, and I can see how that is such a major factor to any council's ability to be successful. Jonna and Daryl, thank you so much for sharing this information today. I know that chairs and directors all over the country and our territories will benefit from your tips, your strategies, and your advice. Thank, thank you, you if you are interested in more information, we have three more podcast episodes on topics council chairpersons will find most helpful. Visit our website at itachelp.org. There are training and resource materials and much more. So check us out. This podcast was supported through services funded by contract number HHSP 233201-6000-68C from the U.S. Administration for Community Living, Department of Health and Human Services, Washington, D.C., 20201, to provide training and technical assistance services to state and territory councils on developmental disabilities. The contents are those of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement, by the ACL, HHS, or the U.S. government.